0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis, coming to you early today. Because probably not going to surprise you, got a super busy day. um, As we are now sitting one day before the midterms and we had a monster day of NFL action. Still a little bit bleary-eyed from the Titans game against the Chiefs, which I will discuss here shortly Uh, Also, a lot of NFL reaction, college football reaction. I had a good time down in Athens. Appreciate all the hospitality from the Georgia Bulldog fans, notwithstanding the whipping that they put on uh, my University of Tennessee football team. We'll discuss the college football playoff rankings, SEC power rankings, all of that jazz. Uh, And uh, I am soon, uh, Buck is in town. We have a big midterm election night party tomorrow in Nashville. So that's going to be super busy. I have to go vote Uh, And I am speaking tonight down in Cobb County, uh, Georgia with Herschel Walker for the final rally of his campaign. Uh, So uh, I am headed down to Atlanta uh, soon after I finish the Clay and Buck show today to speak alongside of several other people at the final rally of Herschel Walker who I believe is going to be the next senator from the state of Georgia. All that... On the horizon, we will discuss the midterms as we sit here on the eve of uh, the midterms. But I'm coming to you early again because I got to travel because I got a lot of different moving parts. We'll not have a show tomorrow. We'll probably be putting up some videos reacting uh, because we have so many events going on tomorrow because of election day with Clay and Buck. Um, And uh, then I'll be back Wednesday. Crazy schedule. Not that you're sitting around like, hey, where's Clay? I'll be in Phoenix on Thursday. Uh, for an event, and then I will be in Oxford this weekend coming up for the Alabama Ole Miss game. I'll discuss uh, that game a lot, obviously, this week, and I'll discuss it here momentarily. Uh, but all of that to be said, we begin with last night's Titans-Chiefs game. And the fact that the Tennessee Titans are 5-3 and three is wizardry by Mike Vrabel. Because the last two games with Malik Willis as a starting quarterback in the NFL, they can't do anything. I mean, the offense looks like a high school offense. Credit to Derrick Henry and this offensive line for being able to open up any holes for him at all. You guys well know I am not an X's and O's guy. The fact that Derrick Henry went for over 200 yards with a quarterback who can't throw the ball and no wide receivers, which is a bad combo, Uh, and the fact that he went for over 100 against the Chiefs, it blows my mind. I don't understand how it's possible that the Titans can run the football with Derrick Henry at all, given what they are capable of offensively. Titans have the worst wide receiving core right now in the NFL by a substantial margin. I mean, they put up a stat during the game, and A.J. Brown reacted to it. A.J. Brown has got better stats than the entire Titans wide receiving core, and we're almost through half of the season. So it's not like we're talking about like two or three games. We're talking about almost half the year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is out. I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is incredible as a quarterback. As I've said for a long time, I think he's like the most average starting quarterback in the NFL right around 15 or 16. There's nothing to work with here right now. Uh, And Malik Willis... The fact that the Titans had a chance to win this game is unbelievable to me. Uh, The fact that they maybe should have won the game if they had had just better play calling is also uh, incredible to me. Look, the Titans are probably going to win the AFC South. That means you get to host a home playoff game. I'm not sold on Tannehill. He's lost his last two home playoff games, lost to the Ravens, uh, and also lost last year to the Bengals in what was an indefensible loss Uh, to me in the divisional round of the playoffs for the Titans that I don't know that I'll ever get over. But the difference between Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis right now is substantial. It's early. I understand Malik Willis was a project. If you go back in the day, it was not uncommon for guys to sit uh, behind the starter for years. I mean, Steve McNair sat for a couple of years before he came in. But it's ominous that you can be halfway through an NFL season and Malik Willis can be this far behind in terms of the offensive play calling and the sets and everything else. I mean, it is not good. Uh, The moment is too big for him oftentimes. Now, he wasn't helped out by his receivers. Conley dropped one down the sideline that would have been a huge play. I thought the officiating was awful in this game. First of all, they threw a flag on it felt like every single play. And for Travis Kelsey to be able to actually rip off the helmet of a defender in uh, on the two-point conversion play and have him get the penalty flag, right? Like, meaning the defensive player. It, I don't know what the rules should be, but I feel like it's an automatic offsetting foul. If the offensive player literally rips your helmet off, it's impossible to argue that he hasn't also committed a foul uh, in that scenario. I mean, just crazy. Mahomes... Uh, the Titans' defense was uh, uh, electric. I mean, the fact that they gave the Titans a chance to win this game at all. The Titans have an incredibly elite defense, I believe, uh, that is rounding into form really well if they can stay healthy. The problem is they can't score any points at all. Uh, even with Ryan Tannehill, this wide receiver core has been a disaster. Uh, but, man, Patrick Mahomes is a transcendent talent. There were a couple of stats that came out, that I and I flagged one of them that I wanted to hit, which kind of talked about the difference between the two games. Patrick Mahomes is the first player in the Super Bowl era with 400 yards and a touchdown passing and 60 yards and a touchdown rushing in the same game. Uh, That kind of speaks to how incredible Patrick Mahomes was in this game. What I will say in general is it feels unfair that, uh, that... Patrick Mahomes should even be able to run the football because the Titans did about as good of a job defensively as they could, especially considering I think that the the total was they got 10 yards of offense in the second half, which is inexcusable. Uh, You should never be that bad offensively that you truly can't do anything. They had great field possession uh, position many different times. Uh, But credit to the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, finding a way to get it done. Uh, And uh, I, I credit the Titans for even being in this game double-digit underdog quarterback that really basically is running a high school offense. And the Titans maybe should have won this game uh, given where the, uh, the ball was. I think the Titans had a first down at the Chiefs 39 with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, up eight. Uh, and I thought they lost the game on that drive. Even if you just get five or six yards, you can set up a field goal that probably would have guaranteed you the win if you make it. Uh, Instead, Titans went backwards, had to punt, and I believe it was the next drive that the Chiefs finally went 93 yards, including a third down and 18 scramble or whatever the heck it was by Patrick Mahomes. To be able to make those plays with his legs uh, is why he's a freaky transcendent talent. And I've said this before, and this is frustrating as an NFL fan. If you don't have a Josh Allen, if you don't have a Patrick Mahomes, if you don't have a uh, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow in the AFC, for instance, you really almost have no chance of winning. Uh, and, and and by winning, I mean advancing in the playoffs. You might win games, but in order to win three games in a row or four games in a row and win the Super Bowl, I think you have to have a transcendent talent at quarterback. And I frankly don't know what the Titans were thinking when they traded away A.J. Brown. Uh, now, Traylon Burks is still injured. Who the heck knows if he's ever going to come back or when he's going to be eligible again. And Kyle Phillips is out, but those are both rookies. This is an awful receiving core. And so I don't understand why the Titans didn't play A.J. Brown this year. Make it give a chance to your team to be able to advance in the postseason, give your team a chance to make a run. Instead, they traded A.J. Brown. They went, thought they were going to get an equivalent player to A.J. Brown. You have a top five NFL wide receiver and you suddenly think you're going to get one with the fifth wide receiver pick in the first round with Traylon Burks. Maybe he ends up being okay, uh, but certainly he hasn't shown any tremendous flashes um, that suggest that he's going to be a dominant player. And uh, and and all of it's just, I mean, it feels incompetent. Uh, John Robinson's picks recently have been awful I feel like in many ways the Titans' window closed and they closed it themselves when they traded A.J. Brown in terms of being able to win at a truly elite level. Now, the AFC South is awful, so the Titans are a substantial favorite to win this division. I think they should win the division. Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, The Colts are floundering and they're awful and the Jags are not good, and certainly the Texans are atrocious. So uh, the Titans are 3-0, and I think, in the division right now. So the Titans should win the division. But again, this was one of those games where you sit back and say, uh, do we have the horses to be able to handle somebody like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, and we're going to be able to beat three or four of those guys? Um, I just think the answer is no. Uh, but, uh, but we'll see when Ryan Tannehill eventually comes back and is at least an average quarterback as opposed to arguably – one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in terms of being prepared right now uh, to actually go out and win. Uh, all right, college football. I'll come back to the NFL in a moment. Uh, Georgia uh, dominated Tennessee. Now, uh, Hooker had its worst game of the season. And I think you have to give credit to Georgia for some of that. Hooker also missed throws that he's made all year. So uh, if, he, if he makes two, just two good throws... He's got wide open touchdowns. He missed Brew McCoy and he missed uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt. Both of those should have been touchdowns. They're throws that he's made all year. I think that may have changed the way Georgia was playing defensively if Tennessee could have hit a couple of big plays. Certainly would have changed the way this game uh, looked on paper. I thought Georgia made about five plays that they ordinarily would not make in the first 20 minutes of this game. Uh, 75-yard punt that went out of bounds at the one-yard line, probably the punt of the year in college football. That got Georgia points. Uh, throw in the back of the end zone and catch uh, by, uh, by Stetson Bennett uh, to make it 21-3, I believe. Tennessee misses a sack on Stetson Bennett that would have set, set up like a, I, I don't know what, like a 37-yard field goal attempt uh, when Tennessee was up 3 nothing. Stetson Bennett uh, dodges two guys that should have made the play on him or at least forced him to throw a ball away. Gets outside, goes, scrambles, scores on that play. Uh, that play, I don't think Stetson Bennett makes very very often. I don't think Tennessee screws it up that often. Um, those really kind of stood out to me as, uh, as moments when the game changed. If you combine that with the missed throw to Jalen Hyatt from uh, Tennessee on offense, uh, that really kind of stood out to me. Oh, and the other play that was uh, really good, I guess it was later in the second quarter, The interception in the end zone, I think it was 21-6, if I'm not mistaken. Tennessee was driving. First down around the Georgia 30, and Hooker threw, gave Tillman a chance to make a play in the end zone, and I'm not sure who the Georgia defensive back was, but, I mean, incredibly elite play. Georgia's got four and five-star players everywhere, uh, and their defense played like it, Uh, but I thought Hinton Hooker played poorly. The result, however... Georgia is likely going to beat, I believe, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Georgia Tech to be 12-0 going to the SEC Championship. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Tennessee's not in awful shape. Now, it's early, but if Tennessee goes 11-1, if Tennessee beats Mizzou, wins at South Carolina, wins at Vanderbilt, Tennessee will be a two touchdown or more favorite in pretty much all of those games. If Tennessee wins all three of those games, I think there's a very high chance that Tennessee will be in the playoff because 11-1 Tennessee wins over LSU by 27, beating Alabama like they did. Um, uh, two top-10 caliber wins. And the fact that Oregon lost 49-3 to uh, to Georgia earlier in the year, the fact that Utah lost to Florida, SEC strength is pretty high so I think 11-1 Tennessee would be in the playoff, but I've seen Tennessee choke a lot of games over the years, so I'm not taking anything for granted. Uh, but as a Tennessee fan, 11-1 and one would be a phenomenal year, too, for Josh Heupel, whether it ends in a Sugar Bowl with a chance to get a 12th win or whether it ends in the playoff in any way. People are like, oh, you make the playoff, you're going to get wrecked there. So? So, like, I, I just don't buy into the idea that, if you lose in a college football playoff, if you make the final four effectively of college football and you lose there in a game that you're playing in to try to advance to the championship game, it's like losing the AFC or the NFC championship game. It stinks, but it's still a really big accomplishment to get there and set yourself up for an opportunity to play for a championship, uh, particularly given nobody foresaw this Tennessee season uh, occurring like it has so far. Credit to Marcus Freeman uh, and Notre Dame. They ended, I believe, Clemson and the ACC in general's chances of making the college football playoff. Absolute smoke job uh, delivered by Marcus Freeman and uh, the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish. I believe they were up 28-0, 35-7, ends in a 21-point win. You can't lose that bad if you're Clemson to an unranked opponent. Uh, whether it's UNC, whether it is Clemson, whoever ends up winning the ACC, and there's still a lot of different moving parts there. Uh, to me, that is a, uh, that's a tough spot to be in. Uh, so uh, I have got, uh, I've got Clemson out of the playoff picture. Uh, LSU, loved Brian Kelly going for two. Alabama, I think it's fair to ask, is Alabama back to normal? Just being a good, not great team, Four games this season for Alabama have come down essentially to the final play. They beat Texas with a last-second field goal. Uh, They beat Texas A&M by withstanding A&M trying to throw into the end zone on the final play of the game. They lost to Tennessee on the final play of the game, and they lost to LSU on the final play of the game. So Alabama 2-2 in final play games, but the fact that in nine games – almost half of Alabama's season would come down to the final play effectively of the year is a sign that the tide level of dominance has begun to recede fairly substantially. And you would presume when Bryce Young is gone, Bryce Young is as good of a quarterback as there is in all of college football. When he's gone, I would think Alabama would take another step back. Again, good, but not great. It feels to me like Alabama has been caught, uh, certainly by Georgia, but also can be caught when they have to go on the road in the SEC. Look at what happened last year at A&M, 8-4 A&M team. Pretty good Tennessee team this year to get the win over them. Uh, And then you go look at at what happened uh, against LSU this weekend. LSU now in phenomenal shape. They go to Arkansas. Word for the wise... That line is only LSU minus two and a half. So it would not be crazy at all for Arkansas to pull off this upset and put all the pressure on LSU to have to go on the road and beat Texas A&M to avoid Alabama potentially coming back and still making the college football, uh, still making the SEC championship game because LSU now would have to lose to both Arkansas and A&M. All they have to do is one out of two. Uh, Meanwhile, Alabama on the road against Ole Miss. They are out to a double-digit favorite in that one. As I said, I will be in Oxford for. That one, cannot wait to watch it. Uh, But LSU in incredible shape. Ole Miss, really kind of an interesting space uh, as well because if they were to beat Alabama, Ole Miss could go 11-1 if LSU wins out and be left on the sideline like Tennessee is uh, only the difference being LSU's actually lost two games already. If it went to a three-way six and two tie, that is Alabama, LSU, and uh, Ole Miss all finish six and two. Uh, LSU would have the tie break and advance to the SEC uh, championship game. So all of that uh, out there. Let me give you my top ten uh, right now in college football. I don't love my top 10. I was up early in the morning writing it. Uh, If I could redo it, I would. In fact, I may go ahead and adjust it on the fly here uh, with all of you. Um, I think I put Ohio State at two. I think Michigan should be at two um, because Michigan has been better than Ohio State of late. So I would flip those right now. I'd say Georgia's one. Ohio State, I have it two. I would flip it. I think Michigan was better. Uh, this weekend, Ohio State was not good at all against uh, Northwestern. Uh, I would put Ohio State three, TCU four. I'll bump TCU up, although they got a tough game against Texas. Uh, drop Tennessee to five. I didn't think Tennessee played well at all. Oregon at six. I've got SC and UCLA, LSU and Ole Miss rounding out my uh, top 10. Remember, USC and UCLA uh, play. Uh, here in two weeks Uh, and then I've got LSU at nine Ole Miss at ten my SEC power rankings somewhat confident in these I feel like we know the five best teams in the SEC I feel like the middle tier is kind of difficult the bottom not that difficult Uh, I've got Georgia as the best team in the SEC clearly Tennessee second best then LSU at third Ole Miss four Alabama at five. We'll see what happens in that old Miss-Bama game uh, going on this weekend. Again, I'll be down in Oxford. Kentucky, I've got at six, um, although you can argue about these teams a lot. <clears throat> I've got Mississippi State at seven. South Carolina at eight. South Carolina beat Kentucky, but they did it with Will Levis out. I don't know how you factor that in. I've got Florida at nine. Florida went on the road and beat A&M this weekend. Uh, Nice win. Anthony Richardson played really well. Arkansas, I've got at 10. Missouri, I've got the Tigers at 11. Texas A&M, 12. Auburn, 13. And the worst team in the SEC, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, Vanderbilt. If you look at the larger college football playoff picture, uh, to me, this is not very complicated right now. Georgia is probably going to be your one. Good chance they go 13-0. Your two will probably be either Ohio State or Michigan. Whoever wins the Big Ten will be your two seed, I would bet, quite a lot. All right? So one seed, Georgia. Two seed, likely to be Ohio State, Michigan. Three and four in the wake of Alabama's loss, in the wake of Clemson's loss, and in the wake of, I think, TCU likely to lose this weekend, I think three and four are going to be one-loss teams. So there are a lot of one-loss teams that you could discuss as potential third and fourth playoff teams. Um, And certainly the Pac-12 with USC, UCLA, and Oregon all with one loss is in that mix. TCU, certainly still undefeated, but in that mix. Tennessee... Maybe Ole Miss. Uh, We'll see what happens with the ACC champ. Big 12 champ if it's TCU. So third and fourth going to be one loss teams. It's going to be intriguing, I believe, to see exactly who those teams end up being. Now, uh, Vegas, the national championship odds, can give you some sense of how Vegas would break all this down. Uh, Georgia, they've got... As the odds-on favorite at minus one twenty, Ohio State plus two fifty, then Michigan eight to one. Remember, Michigan and Ohio State play. Tennessee eighteen to one. And I said earlier in the show here, if Tennessee wins out and goes eleven and one, there is a very high probability that the Vols are in the playoff. Oregon twenty-five to one. Then we've got TCU, USC, LSU, Bama, all at fifty to one. North Carolina 60, Clemson 80, Ole Miss 80-1, to one, and then you've got Utah and UCLA at 100-1. to one. So if I were predicting right now, I would say Georgia's your one. I still think Ohio State beats Michigan at home, and then I would go with Tennessee as your three, and then a battle between one loss in Michigan and Oregon, TCU, UC, USC. We'll see how all that shakes out. Uh, that would be uh, that would be my prediction. Maybe I'd slide Oregon in at four. I don't think Oregon could be seeded higher than Tennessee uh, because Oregon lost 49 to three to Georgia already, which is yet another evidence. Georgia's two best wins over Tennessee and Oregon are head and shoulders above every other undefeated team in terms of their overall performance. Now, NFL reactions. I run through all of the NFL slate and give you a quick reaction. We've now almost finished. By the way, I like the Ravens tonight. Uh, Jets, what a monster win over the Bills for the Jets. Josh Allen did not play well, but the Jets in, was it year two or year three of Robert Sala have really turned things around. Dolphins get the win over the Bears. If the Dolphins can keep Tua healthy, He's a legit MVP candidate. That offense, as we told you, was likely to be the case when they added Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. They have the ability to make plays that, frankly, very few other offenses do. Patriots dominated the Colts. I feel like the decision uh, to go with with a new quarterback in uh, Sam Ellinger with the Colts has not panned out very well. Patriots, decent team. Really good defense against young quarterbacks. Not a surprise there. The Lions put down the Packers. My goodness, the Packers look done. Uh, Looks like Aaron Rodgers not going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, The Packers have just fallen completely apart. Vikings, sixth straight win for Kirk Cousins, who was celebrating on the plane. Vikings get up early and then find a way to win late, take down the Commanders 20-17. to 17. Uh, You like that uh, was being uh, yelled by Kirk Cousins in the locker room after the game. Of course, you remember he was a Washington quarterback back in the day against RG3, that controversy. The Bengals dominated the Panthers. Uh, and then we've got the Jags storming back. I'm sorry, Raider fans. It feels like the whole Raider franchise needs to be blown up at this point. Chargers get the win over the Falcons. Seahawks Geno Smith biggest surprise of the year in NFL. I don't think there's any doubt the Seahawks have been better with Geno Smith than they were with Russell Wilson which no one foresaw. Bucks, how about Tom Brady finding a way To come back 44 seconds, he only needed 35 seconds to go 60 uh, yards for the win. Uh, And we've already talked about the Titans and the Chiefs uh, game there. Again, I like Baltimore as the final bet of my NFL six-pack for the weekend. We were sitting at two and two with a push there as well. Um, I like the Ravens to cover the one and a half tonight against the Saints. Um, Midterms tomorrow is election day the midterm elections. Uh, I encourage all of you to get out there and vote make sure that your voice is heard the numbers really haven't changed very much maybe a little bit of a buyback on some of the uh, underdogs uh, but the Republicans are a big massive favorite right now to win the uh to win the uh overall House of Representatives and they're a favorite to win the Senate. Uh, As I'm looking at it right now, the most recent updates, uh, the most popular GOP Senate bet is 53 seats. Second most popular is 52 seats. That would give Republicans control of the Senate. Um, And they are substantial favorites. Nevada, uh, Adam Laxalt has pulled out. He's going to be on the show with Clay and Buck later today. He has taken a big lead. Adam Laxalt has in uh, that battle. Um, And if you look in Arizona basically dead even. Um, uh, Dr. Oz, fairly decent, consistent favorite ever since the debate. Um, As we uh, come up on voting about to start there, Uh, Georgia, Herschel Walker is pulling away. Uh, As I said earlier, I will be down at Herschel Walker's rally in Georgia, the final one in Cobb County this evening. Uh, I will be speaking there. Um, And uh, we'll see what ends up happening in the governor's races. And also... Uh, where we are headed uh, when it comes to some of these potential New Hampshire, Colorado, Washington, whether there are any red tsunami upsets. Again, I'll be live with you tomorrow. Buck is in town and we're throwing a, uh, a party here in Nashville. Cannot wait for that. Uh, I'm headed down to Cobb County after the show today for that rally Uh, DBAP unless you need to SBAP I am Clay Travis this has been Outkick the Show I will see you guys Wednesday with this program encourage you to go subscribe to the Clay and Buck podcast make sure you don't miss a single moment this has been a special early Outkick DBAP unless you need to SBAP this as always has been Outkick the Show thank you for your Outkick support